The system was built because I started with one unit and scaled to 300 units. And I had to change five PMSs in between. And that's to me is ridiculous. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Luca Zambello, founder of Journey, a tech company with the mission of bringing hospitality into the age of AI and automation. Luca was born and raised in Italy, but moved to California to pursue his dreams of becoming a tech entrepreneur more than 15 years ago. Pretty soon after arriving in LA, he stumbled into real estate and quickly realized that there was massive opportunity in the short-term rental management space as Airbnb was quickly gaining popularity. In the process of scaling his Airbnb management company to over 300 units, Luca had to change PMSs not once, not twice, but five different times. Luca was convinced that there had to be a better way to build tooling and solutions that could grow with a property manager as their business and portfolio grew. So he took a big risk and he left his successful management company to go all in on an, an idea he had for leveraging AI to create a one-stop shop property management solution to help short-term rental hospitality entrepreneurs save copious amounts of time and money on operations so they can focus more of their time on growth. Tune in to hear the inspiring story of how he started and scaled Journey and how he predicts AI will enable the next generation of hospitality entrepreneurs to scale their brands, increase their revenue, increase their profit margins, and decrease their expenses in hugely significant ways. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Luca. All right, Luca, we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing excellent, man. I I have seen you and Journey popping on popping up over like every the social platform lately. I had a buddy who's like not even in hospitality at all be like, Hey, have you heard of these guys? He texted me the other night. And so I'm I'm just like dying to hear your story and hear hear the journey story. So I, I'm gonna go ahead and like dive dive right into that. Where where does the journey story begin? Yeah, no, um, definitely it, it was definitely a journey. Um, well, I I was born and raised uh, in Italy, and I moved uh, when I was 21. That's about like uh, 15 years ago. And a couple of years after I moved here, I was. Uh, Wanted to become an entrepreneur. I was trying to figure out like ways to to start a business and make money. This was like super early Airbnb. Okay. Um, VRBO was not yet as popular, and so I realized that a lot of um, a lot of rentals were done, especially in the luxury rentals, were done through brokers, hmm. right? Um, especially in LA, there's like a lot of luxury homes and and and. Um, it wasn't just vacation rental, but productions uh, uh, and events as well, right? Yeah. And so I, the, that's the first opportunity I found. And I started, I basically went home, built a landing page, did some Google AdWords. That landing page did $1.2 million in in, uh, in commissions to us. So, which was pretty incredible. Oh, near one super short lived business. 
uh, the industry got smart very quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, Airbnb and VRBO are growing um, at a super rapid pace. Yeah. And so from there, I pivoted the company into a management company. And I'm going to, I'm making a 12 year story as short as I can. No, take your time. This is good. This is good. Um, and, and I basically, uh, start, start scaling that company, start raising money eventually, um, several years after with a concept of utilizing technology to make that company as scalable as profitable as possible. Scale the company to about 300 units. It was kind of during the same time, you know, the, um, lyrics and the stay offers of the situation. Got it. We were playing the same race. Yeah. Um, we just decided not to scale um, as quickly yeah. because we wanted to really invest in the tech stack first because we understood that the, the technologies, especially for large scale management companies, is the infrastructure to grow and scale. Yeah. And if that's not solid, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, in the process of doing that, I realized there was no infrastructure <laughs> ready. Yeah. And so we had to start building our own. And um, I've been a customer of uh, basically all the famous <laughs> PMSs out there. Yeah. I'm not gonna say the names, but but um, in the process of doing that, I just realized none of them would have fit like exactly what I needed. Yeah. Which is kind of like um, I call it like a middleware, so a, a piece of technology that helps you work well with. A, a full tech stack, right? Yeah. Like your um, cleaning management software, Breezeway will turn off the situation, right? Your pricing software, your access control system. Yeah. We have a guest mobile app that we built like for access control systems. So opening and closed doors, controlling thermostats. And just, it just there was just no middleware. So we had to build our own. We firstly built it on top of a PMS. And then we realized that it was not even scalable to have to leave on top of another PMS. So we yeah. have to go our own route. We had to be like, okay, you know what? We tried everything. Let's build our own. And at that point, we realized, okay, we're building our own. We have a whole tech stack. I think we're fixing a much bigger problem than just for ourselves, yeah. but we're fixing for many other hosts. Yeah. Um, because really the problem of our industry, it's, it's not just the lack of middleware, but it's also like, in general, I think lack of infrastructure and, and being extremely fragmented space yeah. and hard to adopt, right? If you want to adopt multiple different pieces of technology, it becomes extremely hard. Yeah. And if you work in any industry, whenever you simplify things without a compromise to the end results, you, you create a really good product. Yeah. That's how journey was born. Wow. Okay. So I, I one, just a couple observations here and then a follow-up question. Number one, it is interesting. I was talking to Dennis uh, from Casiola recently, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but he, he was talking to me about how he, they sort of did the same thing, right? Like they, as they scaled, they realized, oh my gosh, there's not like a great solution for us. We need to build this in-house. So what's interesting is, you know, you you're you're telling me the same thing, you know, uh, now, and, and it's funny that the industry hasn't figured this out yet, right? Like, and and maybe maybe this is like the the problem, right? The reason why it has been so difficult to scale 
a national brand in the property management space, right? It may, it's maybe one of the one of the big reasons. Yeah. I know many of the reasons of why it didn't. <laughs> I'm sure you I, do. I experienced it firsthand, and I've had, and I've, you know, I, I've known basically all, not all, but almost all of the, the founders of, yeah. of the people that did that race. So, um, but yes, the the technology infrastructure is it, it's a a big reason, if not the biggest reason. Yo, friends, I want to interrupt this episode for just a few minutes to share this quick story with you. So unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard me talk about Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. Well, the Minoan team has been a huge, huge supporter of Behind the Stays, and so I asked them if I could interview a few of their customers to get the inside scoop on their honest thoughts about the platform, and they agreed. So have a listen to the following quick story to better understand how Minoan works, how it compares to other offerings in the space, and why so many STR owners and operators trust Minoan to help them furnish their Airbnbs. So Allison, I want to hear the story of how your hosting journey got started. Sure. So I initially got into hosting short-term rentals because I thought it would just be a more fun type of real estate investment. But my background's actually in healthcare and human resources. And what I very quickly discovered is that it was a really cool way to leverage my service-oriented experience in a new way. And I have just fallen in love with it. And being able to be a part of creating really cool memories for people. And you have a new business that you recently launched called called Smart Stays. And you want to just tell us a little bit about Smart Stays? I'd love to. So I am actually co-hosting properties for other vacation rental owners or just homeowners in general that are either not using their home, want to turn it into a midterm rental, a a short-term rental, and uh, doing that in addition to managing my own properties. And I think it's just, for me, an easy way for me to help people maximize their investments and have a really good experience in the process. I love it. So Allison, I want to hear a little bit about how you first were introduced to to Minoan. Where did you first hear about them, if, if you can remember? I listened to every podcast you can imagine, and I heard about them on Thanks for Visiting. And so I very quickly um, did some research and was super excited about it. I also, somebody in one of my Facebook groups was talking about it and shared the referral code. And so, you know, I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? It's free to sign up, which I think is also just like amazing that it's free to sign up. So I signed up and um, little did I know how much that would really just help me in my journey in setting up a property, but it's been such a game changer for me. We were actually setting up one of my properties in Virginia and had a terrible time with, with deliveries. It's a little bit remote and so it was very challenging and we had to actually cancel three of the four bedroom furnitures and we were trying to launch on time and I was very stressed about it. But what I love about Minoan is they're so responsive. And so I quickly got on chat and was like, here's my issue. What do I do? And I I met the most amazing person, Sage, and she helped me figure out how we were going to get some furniture, which honestly ended up way better. We got these amazing article beds and matching dressers and they look phenomenal. And um, they came on time. In fact, I think one of them came early. And so 
that was just one small experience for me of like, when you really need help in short-term rentals, you need it fast. Like no one wants to wait a month to launch <laughs> their property if they don't have to. And so that was one way for me that I think I became a loyal customer, just getting that help when you needed it. I actually first belonged to, and I still do, another like group purchasing organization for vacation rentals and short-term rentals. And I, that you have to pay to be part of that, that particular organization. And I would say that it's fine. I think what sets Manon apart for me is the service and the access to real people. So I actually had quite a few issues placing orders with companies. And so that group purchasing organization served as a middle ground, but they didn't actually help me resolve my issues. And it was incredibly frustrating. And so the real reason I still belong to it is because the discounts are good, but I would, I'm would i always gonna check first to see what Manoan has available because of the responsiveness. Basically any time of day, if you send a chat, you're gonna get a response. If you call, someone's gonna help you. I would also say like the feature, to make things shoppable is pretty cool. And I didn't leverage that immediately, which is a regret, because I actually get questions where people say, where'd you get this couch? Where'd you get this bed from? And so that's on my to-do list. And they have designers they can connect you with. As you kind of grow and and you continue to expand your business, like what are what are the next 12 to 24 months gonna look like for, for Smart States? Like, do you have a do you have a specific like goal of, of where you wanna be over the next one to two years? Absolutely. So for me, it's really just about helping more owners. It's growing my own portfolio in terms of what I want to buy, but it's also helping more owners. I think that unfortunately, you know, there's kind of a bad rap about what it means to be in our industry. And I think that it feels good to be part of the group that's doing it right and doing it well. And so I want to continue to do that for others. And so grow with managing for others, growing my own portfolio and just showing people what's possible. That's what I'm really excited about in terms of what's next. Allison, I am so thankful for you and your time. If you are listening to this conversation and you think Allison might be a good fit to partner with for a project that you're working on, we'll go ahead and have her website and her contact info linked in the show notes below. So you can go on, reach out to her and check out Smart Stays. Follow her on Instagram. Uh, anywhere else, uh, Allison, that you'd want to send folks to? Yeah, definitely on Instagram. I'm Allison Loves R-E-I, and that's Allison with a Y. So A-L-Y-S-O-N Loves R-E-I. They can follow me there too. Wonderful. All right, Allison, thank you so much for your time. All right, folks, so you just heard about how great Minoan is, and again, it is totally free. So as soon as this episode is over, head on over to the link in the show notes below and create your free Minoan account. And when you do so, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. All right, guys, back to the episode we go. So why do you think, right, because we have we have several PMSs, in this space now, many of whom have raised right an, an incredible amount of money. Uh, yeah. What? What? Why do you think that they haven't solved this problem? Like, what? It, what is? What's the big obstacle from your perspective? They didn't need to. They didn't need to. Okay. So you're just saying like there was there weren't enough people trying to get to the scale that you all were trying to get to to, or was it, it was the industry just too it, nascent or what? It's kind of like it's kind of like it works well enough. Hmm to be able to sell it and scale it. Yeah, interesting, okay. Um, that's the way I see it. And if that is the industry standard and nobody comes and raise the bar, there's no need to change it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you once once you get into the VC investment world, you, you really understand that the end product is really not what they're concerned about. Yeah. They're judging the end product by your growth metrics and your retention metrics and all of that. 
Um, and and those doesn't mean those metrics don't, don't, don't doesn't mean that you have an innovative product. Doesn't mean that you have a product that, that keeps um, uh, keeping up with with what the market wants. Yeah. Right. And granted, I do think that all PMSs are there basically now. The widely adopted model is the marketplace model. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, is not going to be a model going to go ever away, but it's going to be a the the minority that is going to be used that type of model of the marketplace. And why? Why do you think that that's and, the case? And it's it's because while it gives you a high degrees of customization, it also means that there needs a huge level of compensation that. The host needs to do. Yeah. So it's either done by people or by a middleware software that you're going to have to build on top of it, which if you're not large enough, they're not even going to allow you to build that middleware. Yeah. And so, and it goes back to, to the original question, why the current technology doesn't really scale and why is, 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 is a bad infrastructure is because yes, in small scale, people can compensate those problems. But once, but once you get into large scales, you have to scale fast. Yeah. More you'll have people doing pro- boring processes and yeah. repeating processes, which can be fully automated by machines. Yeah, the higher the amount of errors that they're going to happen. Sure. Humans make errors. Sure, it's just there's no way around it, right? You can have the best humans <laughs> doing the work, but they're going to make errors. Yeah, and those are tasks, in my opinion, that should be fully automated by machines. Yeah, and we can go into details of what those are, but we but that's that's one of the piece. And two is. Because the marketplace, why allows you for high level of customization? Yeah, it also makes it impossible to have deep connections with partners. Yeah, because you have to manage a hundred, two hundred, yeah. four hundred yeah. API connections. Yeah, I know of large PMSs that have seventy to a hundred developers full time just managing connectivity. Yeah, interesting. It's absolute. It's a massive waste of resources. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and, they're, they're, they're and more. It doesn't in a, work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, that, that's the other problem, right? Yeah. It's not that you because again, it's like it's like you're trying to build a puzzle, but each piece is from a different set. Yeah. Puzzles. So like you're never gonna put them together well. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna have to put tape <laughs> on it. Um, so so, but why? Like why do you think like? Right, there's been a lot of people that have raised a lot of money to try to mm-hmm. figure out how to do this, right? Like, why do you think that the, do you think that the industry is aware of these problems, like the guesties and the hostaways and the you know these other these other PMSs who have recently you know very publicly raised a bunch of money? Like, are are they aware of the problem or are they in denial of the problem or what? I, th- there's a couple of things. Like, I think is is not they're not trying to fix the problem. I think they are. Yeah, but I think. I think it's if you're trying to, and I, I, I mean, this is an extreme uh, comparison, but if you're trying to improve uh, uh, how fast a horse would carry with uh, horses with with a carriage yeah. can go, uh, versus building a car yeah. with a completely new concept and starting making that, trying to make that go faster, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Right? So do you That's think? One thing. Yeah. It, and I just want to say the second yeah, thing please. is that they did not raise money to fix the problem. They raised money to scale. 
Yeah. Because that's what investors want. They want an ROI on their investments. Yeah. So they're not looking for them to go and trying to reinvent the wheel. They're like, you're in, uh, they're raising based on the wheel that they already have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they're like, okay, try to make that one go faster yeah. and scale quicker. That's it. That's, uh, that's, well, once you pass the series A, people don't want to hear about much yeah. about innovation anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's a it's a super interesting perspective, and I want to I want to get around get get into this sort of like middleware that that you keep talking about, and like what that what that specifically means to you in just a second. But one last follow up here, right? Um, do you think one of the biggest problems with the PMSs is that they're just trying to do too many things? Like like is that is that the core problem, right? When you because when you look at like a guesty product, or you look at a host waste stack, or you look at uplisting, or whatever it is, you know, like the, these these PMSs, they do, they claim, anyways, to do right a ton of stuff. Like the product suite is like incredibly robust, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, the resources, from what I can tell, that are allocated to to product dev, right, and, and product improvement, and even just like the UX and UI of these tools, right, seem yeah. seem rather lackluster when, as a user, you go in. Like, one of the things I say to folks all the time is, like, you know, a bunch of people that you know, listen to this podcast and that are, I'm friends with in the space talk a lot about, like, the, you know, book direct movement and, like, why everyone wants to move to direct bookings. And one of my big things is, like, I'm all for that, right? But, right, until you can, until you have a landing page and a checkout process and a listing site that has a better UX and UI than Airbnb, the, the vast majority of people will not book direct with you, right? When you when you go to your website right. and it takes freaking 10 seconds to load and then the checkout process is ridiculous and I go to three different sites and then I put my credit card in and the form looks sketchy, like I'm only willing to do that because I'm an, you know, an industry insider now. No, no other guest is going to do that, right? And so mm-hmm. what I can't figure out is it just must be that there's so much distraction and there's too there are too many products that are part of the suite to maintain or like why 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 do you think PMSs haven't been able to deliver sort of this exceptional user experience to the point where there's a clear like category winner, right? In the way that, you know, you, you can look at other software companies, the CRM yeah, space, right. right? You can see Salesforce, yeah. you can look at HubSpot, which has come in and made huge That's waves, what, right? You know? I was gonna give you, exactly. I was, uh, and, and, and that's the thing, like HubSpot is complex. Yeah, yeah. How, how many pieces is in, in HubSpot? Yeah, but a you lot. you never have the feel of fragmentation. No. It, it feels incredibly unified. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, that's where a problem lies. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It, fragmentation. Yeah. Like it's because if you are trying to adopt something, they rely heavily on third parties, and they don't have deep integration with those third parties, and they have, and because they their marketplace. I have thought about exactly this question for. A, a decade. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and my you conclusion was marketplace is probably the number one reason on why this is happening. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and it, it, it creates so many things. So it makes you super busy to try to maintain all this, all, all these partnerships. Uh, it makes you super busy of of again, like it, you're putting together a puzzle that has to fit together, but it's not meant to be fitting together. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for us, like by choosing one partner per category, so we only go uh, we only go Turno. I mean, we do have an integration with Breezeway as well, but Turno is our, our go-to partner. Okay, Wheelhouse is our go-to partner for pricing, right? Yeah. Outpost is for guest verifications. They're all fully embedded into our system. Yeah, we've, done, we've gone direct with uh, with access control system. 
Um, and we do use some third parties for, for some of the partners that we don't have, but everything it's going to look and feel like it's meant to be working together it, yeah. because it, it is meant to be working together. We had to go to these partners and we had to ask for customization on their API connectivity because we said it has to be a perfect match. Yeah, We need to have as much access to the data that you have so we can implement it into our system. And so now from a user perspective, you have a, a centralized system, Yeah, but also from a software perspective and from an AI perspective as well, which is something that a lot of people are not looking at deeply enough, um, that that's the other piece of infrastructure that we have built. I don't believe, I don't believe other people have built. Yeah, And it comes with the first thinking of like, oh, but you're less customizable than other systems. But it's, rel- it's actually a relative true yeah. because you now, because you own everything to a single system, you have the ability to create so many new features that other, other companies are not. Yeah, yeah. Because if your software needs to work with 10 different pricing softwares, you can't standardize what it means to have pricing into a PMS. <laughs> it, won't, it won't work. Yeah. Right. And so you have, and, and you can't standardize the onboarding processes. You cannot make it a one click process and now it's connected yeah. and ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I truly believe that what we're building is, is going to be, um, and I'm not saying just because of journey, whoever yeah. can fully accomplish the mission of, of creating a vertically integrated system, which we, we're basically there. Yeah. Um, are, are, I think are, are going to disrupt things quite a bit. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? And one of the things that you're just talking that I'm thinking about is, you know, these these PMSs, right? To to your to your earlier point about them being marketplaces, right? At the end of the day, the average user, right? They, they're going to be really pissed if for some reason, like the calendar integration on Verbo or Airbnb isn't working for like you know a particular you know moment in time. So the amount of resources and time and energy they have to put into a, like a relatively simple product, which is just like that calendar integration, I'm sure yeah. has to be huge because the stakes are so freaking high, right? And those it, are just, it, that's just Airbnb huge. and verbal. Yeah, so so like they have to put so much attention on that because God forbid, like there be some issue or some glitch, right? And then someone, mm-hmm. you know, there's a double booking or there's like, all of a sudden it looks like they're booked out for a whole month and yet they're not at all. And so the, the risk is so high that you have to really, really focus a shit ton of resources, quite frankly, on a relatively simple product. Whereas if, yeah. you, if you take the alternative route, which you're getting at here of, of building vertically, yes, you might, you might, you know, annoy a couple of folks because, hey, you know, you they, they want to use price labs, but you guys use wheelhouse or whatever it is, right? But the but the trade-off what you're saying is like, no, 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 but like this is really going to give you that one unified experience. So if you want to keep using price labs, go fine, go use price labs elsewhere. Or just buy this one thing, and you can really rest assured that, like, you know, the differences between a price, uh, you know, uh, um, what did I say, price house, price labs, and, and a wheelhouse, right? Like, are, are not are not like that great, right? When you really, right. when you really like, you know, uh, uh, look into it, and so if if you can deliver on this kind of like one suite, kind kind of like what Wander's trying to do in a little bit of a different way, like they're they're trying to build vertically, and I mean, and they're you know trying to take on. Uh, uh, bookings too and, and basically build like their own OTA and that's you know even even more challenging but like I think what you're doing at Journey what you guys are thinking through the core problem at least that you're considering is incredibly incredibly important because that is the greatest point piece of friction that I hear people talk about today is like 
I don't understand. I'm spending all this money on all this software and the experience still sucks. Things still go awry. And every time I have an issue, it seems like I just have to buy something else. And then if I just buy something Correct. else, that'll fix the issue. And then I buy it and then it doesn't fix the issue. <laughs> yeah. No, and we want to be that. And exactly. There's a huge finger pointing problem in our industry. And we want it to be that that company to be to so the customers can point fingers at. Yeah. And it was not like our decision is the hard decision. We went the hard way. Yeah. And I tell you two two reasons why is that. One is because again, we we get the finger pointed even when it's not our fault. We yeah. have partners. Sometimes things don't rely on us and they don't work. We took the blame. Yeah. First thing. But I'm okay with it. I own it. Yeah. It was tough first year. When, when partnerships were new, but guess what? Once we get out of it and we are very much on the way out of it, we're going to be one of the most solid product and, and customers are going to, they need to have that company that they can rely on yeah. and they can talk to. That's yeah. not one thing, right? The second thing, why is it hard route to, to just be okay to be blamed for everything? Because oftentimes it is not our fault. It's not the software fault. Is the partners that we have. I give you an example. We have, I don't say the name, but a big yeah. OTA. Yeah. And their API up until like a few months ago, it was Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> and it's their massive company. Yeah. Yeah. And so like sometimes the limitations, it comes from from from, from these partners as well. And if you take the ownership of it, you're going to get blamed for that, yeah. right? So I think some of, some of the problems comes with that. And and the previous previous partners, like large channel managers, that were, they were only supposed to solve that type of level of connectivity. They have not done it fully because they don't only do it to up to a certain kind of levels. But a system like ours needs everything. It yeah. needs to understand it needs to have as deep as possible of an integration with Airbnb it can get. And yeah. this is like, and I don't know if I can even quote them, but but with with Airbnb, we have done probably the deepest in the integration that exists in our industry. Wow. Everything that it was available through API is available through our platform and it can be managed from our platform. Wow. But not because we're crazy, but because and not because only it's gonna improve the UI UX, but also because with the rising of of technologies like AI, if you don't have all those functionalities centralized in one place, those technologies become useless. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. 
So this is a perfect segue into like wh- what the journey product like actually is, right? So like yeah. we we've danced around it a little bit, right? But what yeah. what what is like the elevator pitch for journey? It's it's a one stop solution. A one stop solution. I, <laughs> That's I mean, it. <laughs> I, I obviously it's different than that, but 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 what I mean is uh, we simplify the entire fragmentation of the system and our goal and is to make it a one click process for everything right why don't we're not there but we're 95% there probably like even 3 months ago we were not yeah uh, we were maybe 80% there but it's a one click implementation you want to sync your airbnb it's a one click you wait 15 minutes all your listings are imported like you don't have to do any type of manual syncing of anything all informations are important pricing the same thing uh, um, turn out same thing, and then you can manage everything from a centralized system. So really, a centralized solution. So you replace like if I buy Journey, right? I, yeah. What? So I, I'm not buying. Am I still buying like a PMS or no? No. Am I buying pricing software or no? No. Through us, if you want one, yes. Okay. You don't. Have, you're not forced to. Yeah. You're not forced to. But if I, you said Wheelhouse was your partner, so like if I, if I buy you guys, and if I want to buy Wheelhouse, or if I already even paying for Wheelhouse, that somehow that gets wrapped in. Yeah. If you, if you're already paying, you can come in and join and join our software, or you can buy it through us. Okay. And then what about like a what? Like what about like a direct booking website builder? Do I? Buy that through Journey. You have it in, you, it's in, through Journey. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Exactly. And so, and then if I want my listings to appear on Verbo and Airbnb and Booking.com, all the channel no. integrations that that all is through Journey. Correct. Interesting. Okay. It, it, what about it's email? It's a one-stop shop. What about like email tools, like to for guest communications? Uh, centralized inbox. You mean? Yes. Or, we, or or even like follow up. Like if I wanted to like you know own uh, own guests, like guests who come, right. they book direct with me, right? And then I have their data. Do you guys have some email tool? The for- CRM piece has not been built inside of our system, okay. but we have a very deep integration with Zapier. Okay. And if somebody wants to go on the custom route, that's where you can go on a custom route. Got it. With a, and working pretty well with our system is is, is Zapier. Um, you can integrate with a HubSpot with Zapier. Yep. All, all the different ERP systems, QuickBooks, uh, Sage, um, Zapier is not a tool to underestimate, and we actually make it available on our free tool. Okay. Our free offering, honestly, is one of those. It's, it, it destroys some of the big, <laughs> most premium offering out there. <laughs> and so, who? So, who is like Journey's core customer? And like, don't don't say like everyone, because I'm sure everyone could get some value from it. But like, who are you? Who who have you guys like built? At least you guys are really early still in your journey here. So like. Where Journey's at right now, who who is that yeah. ideal customer? Well, so I think we have two two ideal. So we we build a product that is meant to be a product like growth. Yep. Uh, which again, no PMSs could have done that before because of the simple way that that how they are architect their architecture and their implementation times. Yeah. You need people to get implemented with them. Uh, for us, on our free product, and if you were just managing Airbnb and doing direct, you can do that uh, with our free product, and you don't you don't need almost any guidance. It's super straightforward and, and easy to use. So that's for the long tail, uh, say of customers. So like one to five units each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, enterprise division, which targets like medium to to large scale uh, management companies. 
And I know you don't want to hear the com the, the comment is everybody because it isn't everybody. I there's there's a middle target the people that have spent quite a bit of time researching this industry and 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 putting together tech stack. That's not my my target. Yeah, I invested an insane amount of resources and money. Yeah, to get that figure out, even though it's not ideal, but they have. Yeah, I'm not gonna convince them to to swap, and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but. But everybody else has kind of recognized that there is there is going to be a roadblock there. Um, so really, the two extremes. The first one, they get overwhelmed, so they're looking for a simple solution. And the other extreme is that people that already came to realization that, that that's not going to work. But the system was built because I started with one unit. Yeah. And I scaled to 300 units. Yeah. And I had to change five PMSs in between. Yeah. And that's, to me, is ridiculous <laughs> to put it in nice terms i i wanted to build a system that where you have one unit and you go with a free system and then you can scale to 300 units and pay for a premium yeah right um because the software needs to be able to do that because yeah. every single time you swap software yeah it takes you an insane amount of resources i was spending 80 to 90 percent of my own time yeah managing tech stacks and managing partnership with software partners yeah renegotiating deals like it's absolutely insane we took all of that off we yeah. are doing that for the hosts yeah we negotiate those deals already for the hosts yeah our pricing is super affordable for it in my opinion, yeah. a very premium product. And why is because those prices were, ne were negotiated prior because we want to deliver as much value as possible to hosts. Yeah. Uh, that's my ultimate goal is, and there's, there's a reason behind the name journeys because really from the beginning to the end, we want to be your partner. So when you talk about some of your positioning uh, on your website, right. And just how you, how you guys position uh, position journey is, as this very powerful AI empowered marketing automation kind of a suite of tools, what can you talk a little bit about like how generative AI is built into the journey product or like what what that means with respect to how you guys are like how are you considering AI as you build these tools? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great question. So um, the way we we look at it is we think that large language model are going to be a commodity. Yeah. And they're really that's not where the AI opportunity is, besides for the top five, six tech giants, yeah. right? Apple's gonna have their own AI, Facebook has it, uh Google and Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. Those are the companies that really are gonna own that game. Yep. And the amount of resources you need to compete in that field, it's almost infinite. Yeah. So <laughs> that's not where the opportunity lies, but where and, and it's gonna get commoditized because there's not going to be just one large language model. There's going to be multiples. Yep. And so there's going to be a bleeding war on who makes it cheaper. Yeah. Right. Uh, almost like software. Uh, sorry. Almost like uh, uh, servers. Right. Like. Yeah. Um. And so. And so, like, the opportunity is going to be where, obviously, data is a big is a big piece, but everybody talks about data. But I think a very big underlooked opportunity here is the infrastructure and i always talk about infrastructure and what do i mean with that is that you can have the most powerful ai 
most powerful language model that has ever been built. Yeah. But if you are lacking the infrastructure for that AI to actually take actions, yeah, access information about the reservations, about that units, about uh, information specifics to that units, geolocations, it becomes useless. Yeah. If that AI cannot take actions like change the reservations, help you upsell uh, if 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 there is a possibility for upsell, early checking, late checkouts, all these things can be things that you can absolutely leverage with AI. And I'm going to go in details into how. Yeah. What we have built, um, we we call it like kind of like a specialized language, specialized language model, specialized agents, right? For different tasks. Yep. And we've gone a lot deeper, I think. Forget about our industry, but I think in general, generally speaking, I have not seen a lot of real life applications yeah. that you can already do human like, tasks. Like Expe- like Expedia tried to like position like their their bot um as like you know super special and and it, it just felt like I, I used it a few times uh, and, and i think that i think that they were using uh chat gpt for as as sort of the where they where they were tapping into but and it was a very like lackluster experience like it, it felt like you're like the run-of-the-mill chatbot that we've you know we've seen for the past five plus years right so it, it yeah. didn't feel special so to your point like there haven't been like a lot of unless you're using like you know chat gpt yourself daily understanding how these are practically applied, especially in like niche contexts, I, I don't feel like yes. we've seen a lot of great examples. So anyways, so, go, go on. So I'll, I'll give you practical examples of what our AI can already do. So okay. like we have a 50 points FAQ that you can fill up on each unit. Yep. So think about if you have an external 24-7 guest support which yep. many people do either you're using a, a one from a third party or you build your own you have a faq section for for your units yep on a, it's going to be on a worksheet or whatever however you have it you feel just the same way you would train an agent yep you train our ai yeah yeah you give all these points you have the option of choosing the styles of, of how you want the AI to speak with customers. That's actually a feature that that is that we're, we're about to launch. But that, the 50 points I think you already exist, and you have three optionalities. You have you can generate answers every time you get a message. Yeah. You have a pre-populated answers, which is the most popular. 90% of our customers use that. So what that means is that you go on the dashboard, yeah, your unified inbox. Which now you we are unifying text messages and WhatsApp as well. Yeah. So basically, ninety percent of your communication happens there. You go there, and an answer is already pre-populated. Yeah. You can edit it or send it. Yep. That's our number one thing way of training the AI. Also, you're likely. Yeah. Because we understand if you modify answers, like what 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 is different, what is not. So we have access to 50 points of FAQs. We have access to all the amenities of that units. We know where that unit is geolocated. We we know the we know if the unit is being cleaned or not because we have we have deep integration with Turnout. We know uh, if the lock is working or not. We know if the guest has checked in or not because we have integrations with the locks. Yeah. We know uh, all the guest details and reservation details when the reservation starts, when it ends. Is there units available for early check-in? Is the units available for late checkout? Can we do upsells? All those are all informations available to us. Yeah. We didn't randomly start collecting this information. We understood yeah. that these are key information 
that even an agent will need to have, and usually it takes it takes an average sometimes of 15 minutes yeah. per message to gather this type of information. Jeez, yeah. It's centralized in one place for us, and now agents go on it or hosts go on it, and the answer is already pre-populated with the correct answers. Last-minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Since you guys have like uh, this deep integration with Airbnb, can is there a way, like when I pull in my listing, can rather than having to fill out 50 questions and, and answers, like is, are there way to just... Is there a way to just kind of like tag like the amenities and or the description and, and and kind of essentially scrape my listing and use that to to inform what would have otherwise been sort of the FAQ that I would have had to manually fill out? Is, does that? So we already know all those informations that are on your listings. So the okay. FAQ is additional information. Got those it. are fifty extra po points of of like. So uh, like, how do you like you wouldn't put on your Airbnb listings or say how to access the pool or um how to access the gym, like and or information that you nece not necessarily would have on, on there, or like how do you turn on the microwave? Sure, got it, got it, got it. So 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 basically everything that would happen post guest check-in, um as, as opposed to sort of like how you're marketing your listing to begin with. That is correct. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we have access to both. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's 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 going to be like you have a highly trained agent for every single unit you have. People that have used it properly, they have reported already 80% of improvements in efficiency within their uh, guest support department. Wow. Which is massive. That, that's huge. Right? Yeah. It means uh, that that an agent that, that was able to maybe manage 10 units at a time now can get close to 100 units at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a bump of improvement, and that's just on the guest communications. We do. We also have talk about listing descriptions. We have we we implement our AI name is Nia. Uh, we have implemented in the in the listing descriptions, so, so uh, hosts can automatically create listing descriptions. Maybe it's not the one you want, but you already have. Uh, uh, so oftentimes you need a draft to start yeah. somewhere, and so and and it can do that answer reviews in an extremely customized way yeah. for every single guest. So the typical like automated get, uh, answering reviews with like preset answers, which feels super robotics, it's yeah. completely eliminated. Can That's you... the other thing people saying, guys, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. No, I just have so many questions for you. Uh, fin finish your thought and then, and then I'll ask a question. No, I was just saying that a lot of people say, yeah, I 
dehumanize things and like makes it sound like robotics yeah, or yeah, things yeah. Like that, but it's absolutely the exact opposite yeah um your the reviews that our ai writes is better than any of our team members me included could write <laughs> wow yeah. it's super customized and tailored to that guest so their stay it doesn't take anything personal so it understands the answer needs to be for the public not necessarily just for that guest especially if the review is negative yeah it it already is better than humans at many things. Yeah. What about, okay, one of the things that I always think is missing, and I don't know if this is something your AI agent, Nia, can do yet or not. I think a lot of this would depend on how how deep your integration with Airbnb really is. But like when, when you're looking, like let's say a guest is looking at Airbnb and they're specifically looking for a stay over like, you know, Columbus Day weekend or Thanksgiving, right? And it's like in New England, right? Can you, is there a way yet where you can change sort of like the default featured photos and even the default description to have like language and photos that are a little bit that, you know, show like the fall foliage, right? Because like yeah. the seasonality and like, how do you how do you change the description? So it's like, hey, you know, uh, enjoy a pumpkin spice latte while you look out over the fire pit in or the beautiful sunrise in the morning or whatever it is. Like, I think one, one of my biggest gripes is when you go and look at a place seasonally, especially the, the featured five photos or whatever, if the host has done the work of get, getting really good photos for all seasons, they should change, right? Automatically, because that's the experience I'm actually going to get if I book during those yeah. dates. Can you guys do stuff like that yet? Uh, not yet. I mean, that's that's going very specific to, like we're trying to do to solve generic yeah, first. problems. Although this is like a great feature. It's almost like on the pricing uh uh man it's almost like in the revenue management side of yeah. of of things but yes those are definitely things that can be built with relatively not a lot of resources once you build the infrastructure that's what i'm you know i'm trying to say like it's like if once you have the infrastructure building these things is like it's relatively complex yeah um uh, and you can do it relatively quickly yeah 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 no i, I mean i just think all the time about like how these, if leveraged correctly, these tools, you know, are insanely powerful. I mean, if you, if you even just take something as simple as like prompt engineering, like when you, like the first time somebody uses ChatGPT, they're like, to your earlier point, oh, this sounds robotic. This is lame. And then you're like, well, yeah. what, what prompt did you give it? And then you look at the prompt exactly. and it's like, and it's you know, send me, send, give me, yeah, exactly. Or like, give me five examples of, you know, uh, of, of names for my cat or something stupid. Right. Like, and you're like, no, like, yeah. and, and you, you often have to like, the response that you're going to get is totally indicative of how great, right, your your prompt was, and I think the prompt engineering is what is what people need to learn, right? And and there's so there's so much value. I was at actually at a conference earlier this week, and I was presenting on SEO strategy for for hosts and whatnot. And anyways, I was talking about how you can use you know ChatGPT to help with you know your copywriting and just keyword uh, brainstorming and all that fun stuff. And I was showing like literally like my prompt was four sentences long, right? It was incredibly yeah. detailed. And then and then what we got in return was super, super specific. And I had people coming up after being like, I tried ChatGPT once and it didn't really work, but now I understand like this is how you're supposed to use it. And I'm like, yes, yeah. like the industry is just so new in, in how to use these tools correctly. But that is why, and again, that sounds like a broken record. Infrastructure is extremely important because yeah. you're gonna pre-build these things. The average user is not going to know how to use ChatGPT yeah, properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows how to use it improperly, yeah. but properly, like you said. And I, I personally myself like go very deep into that. But like, if you give to ChatGPT like, 
like a set of like very complex data and like a lot of statistics and say, write me an article. It's going to write you an insane article. Yeah. <laughs> the more details that it has, you're going to be like, there's no way I would have been able to write that article. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you go and just, just give it a prompt and say like, hey, write me an article about the short-term rental industry is going to write you a crappy article. Yeah. So like to make, I'm really making, reiterating your point that you, that you just made. And that is exactly... And that is exactly what we are doing here is like to try to fit as much data as possible. And we try to focalize that data for that specific tasks and then putting together all these different data points summarized uh, almost like in a super prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get better results. So like we, we're really like leverage. Like the, the, the thing is that most people are underestimating where AI is today yeah. because they're looking at the they're gouging where it is by just using ChatGPT in a very basic uh, way, yeah. simple way. We can already, the, if AI stops improving today for the next three years and we just improve in what we're doing, we're going to be able to build tools that can 100% change the industry. Yeah. We already have in many ways, but yeah. but I don't think people realize that that's where the level of AI is at yeah. today and where it's going to be in no time. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think about too is like, imagine, and this is like a relatively like simple use case too, but as you guys build out uh, Nia, right, is the name of the agent you said, Nia? Mm -hmm. as, you guys as Nia continues to learn and improve, right? Giving giving guests, uh, excuse me, giving hosts like ideas for, hey, over the past six months, these three adjectives or these three amenities were what people left in reviews the most you're, I already you're have yeah okay good yeah your your listing description right now only talks about one of them yeah yep. here here's some text that you can copy and paste right now that includes these other two amenities that the most people said is like it's all about this slide or the fire and yep. like use that and and automatically update my listing right like those that's the kind of stuff that is so powerful that like it's just not worth a human's time to go through every review and count how many it will times never work. And, yeah it, it just it, 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 exactly yeah you would never be able to prioritize something like that but you can yeah. with ai but their value is insane yeah like we, insane we yeah. do that from from a review management standpoint yeah and so we gotta really like what people value the most and what people value the least what should you work on improving and what should you actually double down on and it's like for exact purpose of listing descriptions and knowing what you have to improve and what works and what doesn't yeah within your own operation so a hundred percent it's it's um and again, the possibilities are almost infinite already today. Yeah. So it's crazy. Well, especially for folks that have large portfolios too, right? Like you mentioned earlier, you were managing 300 units. Like it, it's, it would be super helpful to just know like, hey, by the way, this adjective or like these, these, this string of words or these photos, like over the, with these listings are, in, you know, in, uh, over the last like 20, you know, nights or whatever, your, your average nightly rate has gone up when we use these, these particular words or phrases or photos apply the same sort of strategy to these other listings that are starting to hurt right now and just see what happens again it's like it's your own data set and it's got access yeah. i would assume to the entire portfolio and it's not just an individual listing and just being able to quickly in real time do a crap ton of testing right and it is going it really is going to make i think people's ability to get really creative and smart with how they choose to use their time. It, it, it's just, it's really just going to change the game, especially for the property managers and owners and operators and entrepreneurs that want to spend more time on like 
their brand and their creative, but feel like they're just so sucked down by the operations that they just can't afford to do so. That that yeah. reality is going to shift very quickly. Very quickly, and and I think that's that's really the ultimate goal that we have as a company, and that is why we've been uh, really jumping on the AI opportunity um, right away because we understood if we were true to our mission, which was to create an ultimate tool that can really streamline operations and and for for hosts and really automate most of the processes around property management yeah and the needy greedy processes things that don't really necessarily bring a value to your guests yeah but there are things that you have to do we understood that ai needed to be applied and implemented into what we were doing to stay true to our mission yeah yeah dude this has been a uh, an awesome conversation i'm just thankful for for you and and what you're doing at journey uh my my, my last question for you is just like yeah, I mean, you you're, you clearly are, are a pioneer in this space, right? Um, and I'm sure you have a lot of hot takes on on travel and hospitality in general. Otherwise, you wouldn't be like building what you're building. But as you as you kind of just take a step back from what you know you're working on specifically at Journey, and you think about the industry in the aggregate, what are some what are some like strong held beliefs that you have around what we'll see over the next few years here? Well, I I think one of the things I I really believe the most is, and I have a very strong belief on it, is the short-term rental industry is actually going to eventually disrupt the hotel industry. I know we say we already already has, but in my opinion, it hasn't yet. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't. In a significant way, yeah. In a significant way, but it has, like, exactly. Like, we, we, we have yet to see what, what real disruption really means. Um, and I think that, modernized management companies that understand how to leverage technology properly can really, really disrupt hotels. Yeah. Like I already see the trend and this was one of the things we were already doing already back back then when we were a management company, taking over boutique independent hotels and transforming them to this more experimental, experience, experiential stays, yeah. fully automated, operating them at higher margins, actually increase the ADR that we were doing, but decreasing costs. And so going from like a 20, 30% GOP margin to maybe like a 60, 70% GOP margin. Yeah. We were doing that back then. Yeah. Because we had the infrastructure. We are, we're taking that infrastructure to a whole new level. Yeah. And what adoption of technology is not going to happen from, from the big hotels because their franchise, like their, their model is being a franchisers. Like yeah. they don't care about me improving their technology and their tech stack. Yeah. They're going to no stay incentive. where they are for a very long time until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest opportunity now, and like we said at the very beginning of this of this podcast, the infrastructure didn't exist. That's why we didn't see big winners in our space. But I think once that's fixed, we're going to see big winners in the space. Wow. And we're going to see true disruptors they're going to change how hotels and in general hospitality is, is operated. Ah, Luca, this has been a, a incredible chat. I am so thankful as I, as I just mentioned for, for you, for your time, for what you're doing. I've had just a ton of fun uh, learning from you and for folks who want to learn more about journey and uh, want to, you know, test out your guy free product. Maybe they, maybe they're just sold even by this conversation and want to want to go all in with your enterprise solution. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you or the team? Yeah, I mean, our website is the best best place at my LinkedIn. 
I'm extremely active both on a company uh, page and my own personal LinkedIn. So it's my name, last name, Luca Zambello, and then uh, website journey, J-U-R-N-Y.com. Wonderful. And we'll have those links in the show notes below. So just scroll on down, connect with Luca and check out the journey website. Thanks so much for your time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.